Wizards in the final stretch. Welcome to the DMV Sports Roundtable. We've got all our usual guys. Jamal will roll in in just a little bit, but Georgie's here. Big Chi is here. And on the phone from the airport on the way to Detroit, the voice of the Washington Wizards, Dave Johnson. Dave, I've always thought, uh, you know, you can uh, catch a man at his most relaxed and uh, thoughtful just before he catches a plane, which is why we decided to <laughs> talk to you now. <laughs> heading, heading, heading to Detroit, uh, what a what a uh, win last night. I mean, it was a laugher after a while. A lot of people were surprised by that against San Antonio. It's the oldest phrase in the world. It's why we show up. It's why we listen. It's why we watch because it's it's unscripted. Uh, and last night certainly uh, did not see that coming in terms of uh, of that number of points scored against the San Antonio Spurs. Look, this is not the Spurs of. Somebody tweeted out to me at halftime, "How many points does Tim Duncan have?" No, Tim. This is not the <laughs> Spurs of of Tim Duncan. But this is still a Spurs that only allows ninety nine points a game, and the Wizards scored thirty eight points in the second quarter. You know, there with with uh, full disclosure, Lamarcus Aldridge did not play in the second half because of a knee injury. But the Wizards had built a 14 point lead at, at halftime, and they uh, they they had Lamarcus Aldridge very much you know, part of the Spurs equation in that first half. So uh, it was a, a blueprint for what the Wizards can be against a very good uh, defensive team. Uh, the 33 assists. Uh, they also won on a night when when Bradley Beal is not much of a factor. So um, it, it was uh, it was it was a game where you look back and say, hey, well, this is a this is something that that indicates this team can have success uh, in the playoffs because in the playoffs uh, you're, you're going to have to have games where 61 points come from your bench or you know other players have to emerge. It can't just be you know John Wall and and, and Bradley Beal. And so it was, from that standpoint, it was it was very encouraging, and they they. Should showed the proper, as Glenn Counselor said at the start of our broadcast, forget the X's and O's. It was about the approach and the energy and the emotion from the start, and they, they did bring that. Uh, and, and they didn't have a particularly good offensive first quarter, but they played through that and exploded in the second quarter. So um, I think it's why, you know, you get a win over the Spurs like this and doesn't mean that all your ills are fixed. But by having said that, as you're going through a stretch, especially Especially this time of year, and, and, and given what this team has gone through, when you drop five or seven, it also doesn't mean the world's coming to an end. And also, Dave, I don't think it can be understated, too. You get a game like that, and you get Bradley Beal, who's logged a lot of minutes playing it, and he got to rest the entire fourth quarter. That had to be, that had to be something that Scott Brooks loved, too. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, a security guard probably asked him for a credential. <laughs> and they realized, wait a minute, you're Bradley Beal, and, and you should be in the game playing 47 minutes. So yeah, that he said that was a unique experience. And he also pointed out there were a few other games where he yeah. probably should have had that luxury, and and the Wizards allowed teams teams back in it. So that was important. And and it's it's look, it's a challenge that not just the Wizards, every NBA team is is going through it, and it probably played a role in in the. San Antonio Spurs last night as well is is the challenges the road that we're, we're you know seventy plus games in and, and everybody's feeling it a, a little bit and and that does impact performances. Dave, let's talk about John Wall here. We know he is practicing, but there was a report out yesterday still not sure of his return date and also that he's down ten to fifteen pounds. When he does come back, are you worried about any sort of gelling issues with this team? 
I, I don't think so, and I, I think I think the, the problems we saw before he was shut down for a second time is, is if you remember, he he also missed some time in, in November and, and December, uh, and it kind of makes you reflect. As as, uh, as Dimitri said, I have my clearest thoughts as I wait for a flight, and so <laughs> as I reflect as I reflect on the season, I, uh, he he is uh, he's, he's a player with an immense amount of pride. He's a player that. Also, you know, because he had injury that cost him to miss significant time, if you remember that 2012-2013 uh, season where he missed something like the first 30 games of the year, mm-hmm. you know, there is a pride thing where he wants to, you know, he feels it's his team. He wants to, to be involved in every game, never wants to sit down. He's got that got that drive. But the, the truth of the matter, all season long, as he was dealing with this, we were not seeing the John Wall um, that we saw last year. And and so I, I think you're going to see, you would see things defensively that just weren't right. And it was probably most um, dramatic for me was, and it turned out to be the final game he played before his current shutdown is the Wizards were in Oklahoma City and I'm watching him going up against Russell Westbrook and I'm thinking, wait a minute, you know, this used to be quite a battle. Tonight it's not a battle at all. And and that was more a reflection of, of uh, John's health than reduction of, of skills. So I think he uh, he comes back, and, and I think he will fit in because he never didn't fit in, but he wasn't you know, playing at the level that, that he typically plays at and, and that, that impacted things. And, um, and, and you know, the fact that the Wizards, I think 15 and 11 without him, you know, that's a good thing. And, and nobody within the team, within the organization, ever said you know, they were a better team without uh, John Wall, and, and I, as I've said before, I think it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. If the Wizards had collapsed, like many pundits actually intimated when it happened, that oh, the Wizards are in big trouble, uh, then people would point their finger and say, well, the Wizards aren't that good because they're a one-trick pony. Instead, you know, they thrived and uh, and had a winning record without him, and it shows that uh, there's more to this team than just one player, and there has to be if you're going to have success. Uh, in, in the playoffs and reach some of your goals. All right, Jamal just walked in, and I know he's probably got a couple questions. I was just curious how many regular season games with Wall can be expected, or is that still not a question we can answer right now? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I I, uh, I don't, uh, you know, we're down to the final you know, week, but, I, but I, I would think it's possible possible and again don't tweet this out <laughs> we're gonna all gonna be in trouble yeah i know how this works as well but i think it's you know you're, you're possible you can be looking at three or four games at that final week um of the season maybe maybe more i mean i think he is that close he's gone through two uh full non-contact practices uh, there's been no indication and the, the the checkpoint is always the day after that practice okay how are you feeling and there's no indication that um you know he's had uh, he's not making the the progress now what what stunts the progress a little bit if you will or obviously now we're not uh, they had a practice today and then there's travel and there's a game so the next couple of days are are kind of muddled so uh, but you you're looking at potentially you know 3 to 5 games before the playoff starts and and, and those would be important games yeah that's he definitely needs time to uh to get acclimated not only to get his 
get his wind back and, and get his legs back, but to you know integrate himself within the team. Now, upon his return, there's been talk, Dave, of uh, Brooks possibly going with a lineup at some point in the playoffs of Beal, Wall, and Sadoransky at the same time. Do you see that being with two bigs, with Mark Keefe at the four and Gortat at the five, or will they go truly small with either Otto, Oubre, or uh, Morris with that lineup? Well, I mean, you've clearly been listening to the radio because that's what I've been doing, <laughs> which, is, which is you get bonus points for that. But, uh, look, I think one of the great things about, uh, I mean, great things, you know, it, it was not by design that you wanted John Wall to sit down, but it, it, it became a period of time you discovered, look, Thomas Sadoransky, uh is an NBA player. He belongs getting more playing time. And, and so there's no question that, you know, now as he comes back, uh, he can he takes on a, on a greater role and should take on a greater role with this team, and the good thing is he can take on a greater role with this team, role with this team because of his athleticism. You know, you're talking about a six-seven uh, athletic guard who can guard multiple positions. So he is part of the, what you know this positionless NBA that we exist in now. So, you know, I think you could see uh, you know that's that kind of small lineup without. Uh, you know, marching Gortat at, at times on the floor because, uh, without a true big man on the floor. It depends on, on the matchups. But, I mean, marching Gortat will be the first to tell you that he's he's glad he's at this stage of his career uh, because, you know, the, the center is now the dinosaur in the – or the old-style center in the, is the dinosaur in the NBA. We, we now have 7-1 centers who are making three-pointers and dribbling the ball up the court. So it's a it's a different NBA, at least right now. But I, I think you're going to see Thomas Sadoransky, Beal, and Wall – you know, on the court at the, the same time, I think that that could be a, a potentially dangerous uh, lineup, and and you know, would certainly the ball would move, and uh, you, you'd have you'd have three not only good scores, two very good scores, and Sadoransky, as he continues to get his confidence, show has proven he, he can be a scorer. He just has to to be in that attack mode, uh, which which took a long time for him to 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 switch into that. mode where he would become dangerous uh, scoring, but then if you're you're defending the Wizards with that kind of lineup, I mean, Bradley Beal, as Scott Brooks said, is a, is a player that can get six assists uh, a, a game and had a terrific assist last night and found Otto Porter in the corner for a three. So um, that could be an exciting lineup with the three of them together on the floor. Dave, I know you're up against it and heading to your flight here soon, but uh, I work Saturday nights and I know that you cover DC United on Saturdays, and a lot of times... Uh, I'm reporting that DC United's losing, at least in the past couple of years. And I just kind of wanted to see what your general outlook of the team looked like. They're moving into the new stadium soon. How is that coming along? When should they be expected to play there? And are they kind of gearing up their team? Are they on the younger end so that they're developing and growing so that when they do mature and blossom, they'll be playing in the new stadium? You know, I think that that's a big part of it. The, the stadium construction is going much uh, quicker and faster than the team construction. construction <laughs> I mean, the, the the stadium is on target, and look, it's it's going to be a, a game changer for the franchise, and and also for the uh, uh, it just adds another uh, you know entertainment jewel for for the nation's capital. And we think where where this city has come in the last. 
uh, you know, 20 years. There was no uh, Capital One Arena. There were, and, and now, you know, that's a magnet for, for not only sports, but other things. And it's in the city, and it's created a whole neighborhood. And now you see what, what what's happened, you know, as I, as I drive by every day, you know, the, the, you know, skyline of cranes. It's just like, it, you know, when I used to drive into the Wizards games in the early days, you just with an endless skyline of cranes as all that development was happening. And, and, and there was energy in the city, and the same is happening around you know, Nationals Park, which is which is exactly where DC United's new stadium is going to be. So, it's the challenge though now is you know they brought in some nice players, uh, younger players. Um, they have gotten younger, uh, but but the league is getting better and better and and more competitive. And so, um, you know, right now, you know, it is a great league from a standpoint of a you know the the NFL thrived on any given Sunday and the and the and the parity and and. And, you know, the nature of soccer is you can always have upsets and, and that type of thing. But D.C. United is is in a class where they're going to have to work real hard to, to, to get results um, because, you know, on paper they don't match up with, with some teams. But, you know, they've, they've proven before they can, they can overachieve. And, you know, quite frankly, that's what it's going to take this year because, you know, they're in a division with, with, uh, with Toronto, the two New York teams. Um, there's, the, the crowds are getting bitter, bigger. Atlanta has is, is got 46,000 season tickets they're spending more money now spending money uh, like in any sport isn't isn't always uh, the answer uh, you have to spend it wisely but it's just getting harder so it, it's going to be great that that the UC United has a, a new venue. I never thought it would be one of the last teams. If you look at Major League Soccer every team now uh, save for the the revolution which is a different situation there in New England because the Crafts own the stadium they, they play in. They're, they're still trying to develop the situation in New York City FC with, with the Yankees' partnership up there. And Seattle, it's the same thing. It's, you know, they don't, they're not looking to move, and, and that's where they want to be. But every other place has its, its own facility. And so um, I didn't think it was going to take this long for D.C. United because D.C. United started as the flagship franchise in this league, and, and I think this is going to help restore some of that glory. I'm going to veer us back to the Wizards unless you've got to go immediately, Dave. I was, I was just curious about potential uh, playoff opponents and who maybe uh, the team would rather not see. And I don't know if uh, your position as the radio voice precludes you from uh, talking about that. I, I know the rest of these guys can. Well, and, and uh, I feel like now that a presidential press conference, this will have to be the final <laughs> question here. <laughs> because, because they've opened the gate, I have to get on the mic. Right. Now, again, you know, Tweet that you can you credit me, but not the team. The team, you know, every team is always going to say it doesn't matter who we play and, and whatever. But I, I think uh, from from my own personal standpoint, um, uh, I, I would just rather see any team but but Cleveland, yeah. and that's uh, that's only because um, uh, you know I, I still function pretty well in society, but I still not have, have not quite recovered from the last decade when we had Cleveland year after year in the playoffs, and LeBron was talking at the free throw line, and 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 you know uh, there was that one series where it, it, it like four games went down to the final shot, or you can Google this or look it up or whatever, uh, and I remember Antonio Daniels making the comment. 
comment that he said you might not play an entire season and have four or five games like that, and we had it in, in one series. So um, emotionally, I still have not recovered uh, from the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, uh, 10 years ago. So uh, I would like to start off with anybody, but, <laughs> but, but, that's, but that's just because of my own emotional frailties. <laughs> You're still pretty strong, Dave. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm hanging in there, but it's, it's, uh, I probably need more therapy because there's, there's clearly a problem if that, that still haunts me to this day in March of 2018. Good to catch up with you. Safe travels. We'll talk to you again soon. I, pre- I appreciate it. Wait, wait, you call me again. I'm always waiting for a plane, so I'm always waiting for a plane. I welcome, I welcome the phone call. Take care, Dave. Right, thanks, Dave. Man. Travel safe. That's the radio voice of the Washington Wizards, Dave Johnson, flying to Detroit. Any other Wizards thoughts, guys? I mean, he he's uh, set it up pretty well as far as Cleveland. I'd rather not see them. but Yeah, I there... don't want to see Philly either at this point. I don't um, see Milwaukee either. No. And they're just, we're just Bring on Boston them. or Toronto. <laughs> just bring it on. Take these well, there's, there are no good choices, right? Nah, uh, well, you know what? Toronto, uh, you got to go back to Toronto's track record. Toronto always looks great in the regular season, and they implode in the playoffs. So you have to hope if you're going against Toronto, and we've swept Toronto before in the playoffs, I don't think they necessarily put a lot of fear in our hearts or probably even Cleveland. I would welcome Boston at this point. Boston, yeah. Because when is... They've played well against Boston. Kyrie, Kyrie is out three to six while. as of last Saturday. So, right. yeah, you're still looking at that basically time frame, yeah. Yeah, so three to six weeks or three to six months? Weeks. 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 I wouldn't mind, and that's when like he's expected to like resume like activity. Exactly, he's back. And uh, is Brown back from concussion? They've had a bunch. Horford has been out, so they've been working with a with a mash unit. a lot of guys, Harden's been Harden's resting, or he's out. You know, Curry's out. A lot of these NBA guys out for. Well, I mean, everybody is out in Golden State. Yeah, I mean, you had Clay, Draymond, KD, and Curry all out at once yeah. at one point in time. I don't know who's come back and who's done what. I think Draymond has some nagging injuries. I think Curry is probably trying to hold. Durant says he's going to play tonight. I think. Well, that's yeah. good because. It, Curry seems like, you know, he's going to try to force it back, but Curry's trying to say that he won't play in round one. But you can't say that as a coach because, you know, yeah. if, you, if you get down in a – if you're down two, three games to one or whatever it is, Curry's going to play. Yeah. You, you can say all you want to right now. They've been in that spot, though, before. Man, they have. KD. I mean, you know what? When you have four all-stars, I mean. They shouldn't need Curry in round one. When you have four all-stars, you should be able to win with three. You would hope, yeah. You know, you would hope you'd be able to do that. But in terms of, of wall travel with the team, which is a, which is always a good thing. He's going to go through a shoot-around tomorrow. Right. And, you know, when you have injured players, usually they stay home. Yeah. When they start getting to the point where they can travel with the team. Get on planes, that, yeah. Yeah, that means that they're getting close to, to coming back. It's not ideal to have that minimum of games, but he's got to have something. So if it is four or five games, you know, that's, that's what they have to work yeah, with. Yeah, even if it's just not extended minutes either. Just getting yeah. on the floor, getting back into the flow of what it feels like to play in an NBA game. Look, the fact you, that you're going to add John Wall, presumably healthy, to this team going into the playoffs, that's a heck of a boost. I don't care what, you know. Yeah. I, like I said, I, we've talked about him. He's going to have to get acclimated the way that they've been playing. But it's still at the same time, it's your best player. It's an all-star point. I guard. think it's it, it would be a huge boost, not only to get him back, but if they can wrap up the season 
with a nice three, four game win streak, something yeah. like that. It was great that they broke the three game losing streak last night against San Antonio. But if they can put a nice little run together over this last course of games and have that momentum, that's important, not necessarily for Porter or Beal or Wall. That's important for guys coming off the bench like Mike Scott. Mm-hmm. It's really important for Ubre and it's really important for Sadoransky. If they can if they're going on a win streak and they're all playing at a very high level going into the playoffs, that just gives them that much more confidence to keep their role into, into the postseason. How about sessions last night? Play well. Did you watch the game? I did. I you know what? When they got up I think I watched into the third quarter. When yeah. they got up like 20-some, I was like, all right, I'm going to bed. If they blow it, then the you, hell you with You don't want to watch it anyway if they were blowing it. Yeah, I mean, I, it was funny. Watching that game, is it's crazy to me now watching the Spurs, and I'm looking at their second unit. You had those guys Rudy come off Gay, the bench. Parker Manu and Ginobili come off the bench. Parker and, uh, and Pau Gasol. Weird. And I'm like, wow, like five, six, seven years ago, this is an all-star team. You had team. two Hall of Famers come off the bench. Exactly. Check in last. It was crazy. Well, you could argue. Would you argue Powell as a You could argue that. I'm just talking about Ginobili and Parker. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. You could. No, I, those three can still play. Rudy Gay has fallen off a cliff. I feel like yeah. every team he's ever he's been on like, doesn't, wow. doesn't help the team. He's like a yeah. stat guy more than he is really somebody <laughs> yeah, that but it, not even If you watched it last night, it, it's hard to watch a player that was as good as he once was Missed the shots that he missed. I mean, he looked just a shell of himself. You know, I mean, it's been a steady decline. It's not necessarily, it's, it's his injuries have just decimated his game. Yeah. You know, and this, this is, you know, wasn't necessarily a superstar, but he was going that he was a star in the league. Oh, yeah. And he, and he was ascending upward. And then, you know, injuries just killed his career. And to watch how he played last night, was like, is this the same? Yeah. Wow, what happened to Rudy Gay? But, you know, it, it, it happens that way. But winning the game the way they did last night, that helped, especially since they lost to San Antonio. Just last week, yeah. Yeah, a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's good. If they can put something together against uh, Detroit, I don't have the rest of the schedule in front of me, but just to string together some Charlotte, games. D- uh, Charlotte Saturday. Uh-huh. And as a shameless plug, I'll be filling in for the uh, okay. Dave Johnson on the radio Saturday. All right. Oh, very yes. good. Yeah, so. You're calling the Wizards game? Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. awesome, man. Jordy's cool. moving up in the world. Shameless, Superstar. Shameless plug. Could it be that you call John Wall's first game back? That would be nice. That'd be awesome. That would be it's nice. Possible. Yeah, Taking his possible. talents from the congressional baseball <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> well, George has a lot of yeah. different things going on. George wears a lot of hats. Maryland spring game, you're going to call that? No. No. I wish I was. I would love to call that. But See no. Kasim Hill back in action? Yeah. I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Yeah, Chris, Chris always, he goes off subject. We're, we're, we're cool. We're, will, we're you, uh, will Glenn Consor be right he next will. to you? He will. He'll be on my left. I love that yeah. guy. Yeah. I was sitting, sitting with them last night watching the yeah, uh, kind game. Of yeah, kind of getting a feel I'm, for it. You know what? Listening to Glenn and, and some of the little tutorials that he does on television, mm-hmm. Why is he not a coach? Yeah, you know he knows he knows his stuff. He he knows his stuff. He doesn't can, want to deal with the stress. It's probably like not. Guys yeah. leave probably the bench not. To go well, that's what a lot of guys do. The time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you got it, I'm not going to say it's cushy, but it's a you know, you travel with the team, you get to talk about it, but you don't have to deal with all the headaches that go late night. Well, you do have late nights, but all the other stuff that goes into being a head coach. So yeah, I, I understand that. You know, there are probably a lot of people that have the smarts and intellect and the, and breaking down the X's and O's of whatever sport they could be good enough to coach, but not everybody 
can handle that stress. You yeah. Know, well, that, let's that go. Workload. Let's go inside the mind of a play-by-play guy. What kind of preparation would you expect to do that day, George? You're going over the players. I mean, you you know the players, but like, are you do, basically? My question is: Do they have all the statistics available to you as you're sitting there? Are these things that you kind of have to register through research? No, I mean you, they have they yeah, have stat the books. They have stat books, and then there's a statistician there. But I mean, I would like to have you know averages and some numbers and maybe some mm-hmm. some like just tendencies so like yeah, streaks that I'll so have. You don't have to but the one thing else. the one thing I've always learned is you you prepare and you break down all these numbers down and you don't get to half of them. Yeah. yeah. Because you don't want to be bored with numbers throughout the broadcast. You're going right. to tell what's going on. It's different if when you have somebody like Glenn next to you that you kind of that feeds off. Doing a game solo completely different. When you got to do the have done the GW games solo and it's you're wow. you have to kind of wear both hats. So you got to be Then you have to man. fill and have some <laughs> numbers. It's really front up to you. Yeah. right? But with Glenn, who can and having a, an analyst who can kind of describe the feed off the action that you're describing, it's different. But you like to have some sort of numbers there and tendencies. If they're playing the Hornets, so I'll, of course I'll uh, research. You know, I know most of the Hornets, obviously, but some of the others, and yeah. kind of kind of read maybe on their last couple games and see what they've and done. And you have so. to, when you have, you know, somebody gets hurt, you have someone that you're not familiar with, when somebody obscure from the bench comes in. Yeah. And, you know, it always shocks me that those people have, you know, this is such and such and win here, and mm-hmm. they've got a little bit of information yeah. on them. Even if you're at home, like, who the hell is that? <laughs> and you have to have some. But then again, a lot of the time, the game just dictates what you do anyway. So and you don't have anybody in your ear, or is that, or is that something Statistician. Different? Okay. Yeah. But he's, you know, not like right there, but the earpiece. They're right or... next to you. It depends. Some okay. guys, some stats guys are right. Some can talk in your ear. For me, I mean, I've, I'm just used to having people in my ear, so I don't, I'll tell them I don't mind if you're t- talking in my ear. I can. Re- you know, register it. I'm getting used to. Yeah, it. of course I, I it does. <laughs> of course, that it does. would that would freak me out. That's also nice for the producer because a lot of times hosts will be like, "Ah, oh, stop right. talking in my ear in the middle <laughs> right. of talking." Right. But that's good. You're good. Some to people them. are uh, better at that than others. And, and I, of course, it takes use. But I mean, it's you just get used to having somebody chirping in your ear. If it distracts you, then you just don't do it. But. You don't want it to take away from what you're doing, obviously, but if it's... So you get used to hearing voices mm-hmm. in your head. I, I just think play-by-play play is <laughs> immensely difficult, probably the hardest thing to do in our business. You need yeah. lockdown focus for three hours. Yeah, you're not looking well. at your phone. You have to make sure you're watching the game the entire time oh, yeah. and staying fluid. So is there a baseball, basketball? Do you find one to be more difficult? Um, uh, You've done more hoops than I've any. I've done more hoops than anything. Baseball, though, is this the congressional <laughs> But if like, you were calling that. a Nats game, like one thing I always find fascinating is like being able to pick up on the pitches. Like Sometimes from the naked eye, is, it, is that a slider? Is that a curveball? Yeah, that, that takes a lot. Two-seam, four-seam, uh, fastball. Baseball, What's the, I think, I would, baseball, I think to me, the toughest just because of the downtime. Yeah. yeah. Ba- basketball is, is – and I think I know basketball pretty well, so I think that for me is, is different. I mean, it's what you know, too. Football, obviously, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it just the just – the, the speed of, of basketball is is you have to make sure too you're just not yeah. what I've noticed too and I've gone back and listened is I don't need to if I've described and and, and other play by play guys do it too you don't need every single pass on the court and you just can't really register as a listener right so have you ever done a hockey game no I don't think I that seems to be pretty yeah, heck. they have a it, but that's a whole nother vernacular yeah that's the, mm-hmm. the way that they maybe I think that's the difference between uh, U.S. announcers and Canadian announcers it just you know off the dasher and yeah. it takes the care of them. It's yeah. a different language. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a whole nother jargon when it comes to that. Yeah. And pretty great intensity with, with hockey. Announcing. Oh, yeah. Just like yeah. you said, basketball is, I mean, hockey is 
that much more up and down and, and fast tempo mm-hmm. to the you know I've you, had zero. You don't even know hockey. where, where know the puck is half be, the time. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, you don't. I know. You That's not like when Fox if used you to blink, put the little blue line on us. I can I follow. Don't know yeah. why they don't do that anymore? That was, people that. started complaining about it. People complain. Why? People like me, I like it because I don't know where the puck is half the damn time. And see, I think for somebody that's not familiar with hockey, yeah, like if you're just as an outsider, it helps you follow along. Absolutely. Which is what hockey needs. I mean, they yeah. think they have their Let's core honest, fan yeah. base, but they could always use. If you look at the ratings of like the playoffs and stuff like that, when the numbers come out, they're not normally that great nationally. I'm sure we do well here, but whatever the sport really could I do. I think. I think, and also having expansion team like the Vegas team lock up a playoff bid and play as well as they have. Yeah, that was great. That, kind of, it, that opens up your market a lot. You see the stat? First expansion team since the Oilers in 79-80 wow. to make the playoffs. And uh, McPhee, who used to be with the yes, Capitals. Right. So that's he the, that's the DMV Sports Roundtable right? connection. Uh, he's playing there too. Yeah, so. they, took Nate, yeah. they took him in the expansion draft. Yeah. I, I, I knew they were going to grab him. And I've been hearing that uh, they're doing something with their tickets. If you're a season ticket holder, you can't go on StubHub to resell. They're trying to really keep it, uh, you know, bring oh, no the kidding. Vegas fans. In, oh, which good. I don't even know if that team has to do that. I, from what I understand, I, the lines are around the corner. Yeah, every I night. think this year initially, I think this year you wouldn't have a problem with that. And then right. the, the thing with Vegas is, you have constant tourists all the time. So you have your core base of your people that live in Vegas and live in Nevada and are fans of the team. But you could also have whoever they're playing on any given night. You have a bunch of their fans just there. Not even just to go to the game, but happen but to go to the game because Vegas. they happen to be in Vegas. Right. Or hockey fans that just happen to be at a you know bachelor party, they're partying in Vegas. Hey, you know what? Speak, Let's go to the game. Speaking of, there's a transition for you. I'm going to Vegas a month from today. I cannot <laughs> wait. <laughs> um, wait, 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 wait. Your last you trip just... to Vegas, you described as like the best time in of your whole life. Whole life. Yes, I'm <laughs> diff- you little... can't just leave it at that. Is this a bachelor party? This is a bachelor party, but I'm sure we will be making a trip to the sports book soon. So if anybody has any sort of oh, win boy. totals for the NFL that jump off their heads you immediately, know. wait. Let so a month from now is the end of April. What's coming up after that? You got some. Uh, you got the NFL. You got some uh well, end of April was the you draft. Got, you got so you could have some playoff basketball playoffs. Yeah, Big Cheetah. Big Cheetah. You'll remember I gave you fifty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted I wanted to bet that the Skins would win the division and they would have won the division. That that's not a knock on you, but for whatever reason, the sports book he went to wasn't. Oh, doing. Uh, I don't even know if that was necessarily it, Dimitri. It was the uh, race when American Farrell won the Triple Crown. Yeah, when yeah. I, I think I may have just gotten a little bit caught up um, <laughs> well, in is, the moment. That's all way over I'm my not, head. I'm not calling. <laughs> you out but no it's uh, okay you can call you, me you out brought back my 50 bucks <laughs> did he bring it back yeah, at least? of course of course wait, wait wait caught up in the moment is that another what's that, that uh, is that what the kids are calling it these days american pharaoh winning a triple crown was one of that the, was probably the top five sports good. moments in my life to be in a sports book as it's happening to hit a trifecta um did you hit the trifecta yeah oh. it, it was, I, don't even uh, know. I don't know what the hell but like is. all of it's when you pick the first second and third horse to finish and they kind of were the favorites and to drinks finish. were on chi that night that's what that means yeah. <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> You should have spent my 50 bucks. I wouldn't have been that. I'm just trying to learn. As you can tell, I'm not a gambler by any stress of the imagination. I am, and I don't know what the Redskins' win total will be over under next year. I would probably It's going to be the same as it always is, seven. (laughs) Yeah. That remains to be seen. I'm not going to get into that. I bet you put it at seven or eight. 
But that segues into a trade that was no, made. No, today. let's talk about cheese nights in Vegas. <laughs> they don't mind more so, about that. <laughs> so the Broncos are swapping fourth and fifth round picks with the Skins in a deal that sends uh, safety Sua Cravens well, to that's Denver. An, that's right? not it. They're also picking up an extra fifth round fifth pick. Fifth round pick, yeah. And a conditional sixth round pick in 2020. So that's a big win for the Skins. Some I, I'm seeing mixed reactions about this. It Some depends people, how you look at. It. I mean, it, yeah. it's another guy. It's a guy that they, you know, that they picked that was a second round pick. Yeah, is going to play at a high level, maybe. But now you're basically you, know, you don't know. You're getting something for him at this, the right. best you can at this point. That's but does it do. suck that you have to that this has happened to another one of your draft picks? Yes. Yes, but at the same time, you know, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. People could have came at you with, you know, conditional Denver really picks. wanted them. They could have come at you with uh, seventh rounders, low ball. Mm-hmm. Keep this in mind also, that that pick that I think we're getting from Denver was the pick, that the fifth round pick that the Rams gave them for Talib. <laughs> so they only gave up, you know, a, a fifth rounder. They only got a fifth rounder for Keep Talib. Right. To put that in perspective. Now, they gave up, you know, Rams had to give up a lot more to get Peters. But in that perspective, you get a fifth, four, and we move up. That's the other silver lining in all this. both rounds, you move up. In round four and round five, you move up a few spots. About six, seven, eight spots each. And then you get get an extra fifth rounder. Another thing that goes along with this is we got to remind ourselves you don't have a third rounder. So you try to accumulate however many picks you can either to offset that later on in the draft, because this draft is deep at many positions of need that this team you know, has holes at or needs depth at. Or you can look at it as that you've got more ammunition. If you choose to move back up into the third round, mm-hmm. you've got a couple more pieces that you can piece together to try to get in the third round if they want to. And on the other side of that, they seem to be... We might, they might be in. You remember how San Francisco and New England always had, you know, draft picks in the teens, 10, 12, yeah. you know, whatever. You add the amount of compensatory picks that they'll probably have next year to the full complement of seven. They're looking at a nice amount of picks What's next year. What's the Niles compensatory? Do you remember? I don't know. I've been seeing all different. I know I seen somebody said we're going to get a three. That's probably for Kirk. Oh yeah, um, four maybe two fives or, or uh, six. Okay, you know I don't remember. It, it depends. I don't really know how that how the value and that scale works mm-hmm. out for every single player. I don't know if it's over a certain amount of money that they sign for because they've lost a lot of players. Yeah, yeah, a lot of guys. And then you Breland hasn't signed yet, so that's another one. You know, and we haven't. And the fact that they brought in. You know, pretty cheap players. Mm-hmm. That helps that also because that also, if, if they're losing, these guys are signing for bigger numbers. Uh, Grant got a nice little contract, would have been more. He got a nice yeah. contract. Long got a, a pretty big contract. Murphy got a nice contract. Breland, wherever he falls, uh, Niles got a decent contract. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and, and Breland now, I mean. And everybody we brought in has been. Did you see the breakdown on McPhee? Yeah, cheap. Cheap cheap as yeah. hell. And Scandrick was $1 million guaranteed, and that's a signing bonus. That was it. And Hankins isn't done yet either, by the way. He's – I don't I – don't, I don't know what's going he got, on. Because he's messing with the posting still. He's got a – I wish LeVar Arrington or some of these other players that used to deal with them. Oh, that's right. And, that's and right. know how they are known for botching yeah. – uh, 
negotiations and going in with this is two years in a row that he's been out this long. Was last year's as long too? Yeah. Cause Indy did he didn't get snapped up by Indy early. That's right, it was late. May it, it right? was late. May. So was it after the draft? I don't remember. Yeah. I really don't remember. But it's this late, usually when people start picking up one of your deals. Mm-hmm. And if you're sitting at the end of March, you know, end of the month, it's been going on since early March. Yeah. And you still ask for nine, $10 million? It's been three or four weeks. You're not going to get it. I love Bruce Allen's quote. He goes, we're just waiting for other teams to release good players. <laughs> <laughs> you were right, George. It is seven. That's what I've been doing here. Seven is the predicted win total for the Redskins, oh, uh-huh. Vegas-wise. Yeah. All right. I mean, you can't. That's easy to do for them the way they've been the last three well, years. Well, yeah. And, yeah. And who knows? We don't know what this no. team is going to look like. I mean, we haven't even gone into the draft. I'm going over. I'll tell you right now. I'm going over this year. Eight, you were eight, right eight. about Kirk Cousins. I, I'll forever, uh, if there's one thing I'll say good about George Wallace moving forward. <laughs> one life, thing he's going to say good about George it's, Wallace. It's that he, he called right Kirk, Kirk Wallace. He won't be back. Before anybody else. You had to find a way to bring his ass back up. Thanks, <laughs> well, thanks for that. I, I was going to ask you guys, you know, this time of year, you you worry about your team and what's in your backyard, but is there any guarantee that Denver's going to get anything out of Sue Cravens? I mean, what, what if he you pull, pulls the same stunt? I no think, one knows. I think there's a very good chance. Did you see what his former agent tweeted today? What it's something like, you always think roses, it's it's rosier on the other side, but once it happens, it'll happen again or something uh, like that. Yeah. And That's a, just, that could just be a bitter agent. Yeah, that might be sour grapes. Because he did fire him. Yeah. But, I mean, you don't know. Based on you know, mental things and, and family issues and, mm-hmm. and whatever someone's dealing with concussion-wise and, and emotionally, you can't quantify that. He doesn't even know. He could I, be fine today. Yep. And then, you know, hit a rough pass somewhere. God forbid, if let's say he gets injured in Denver. Then What? I always, I Does his mindset argue, go back to where it was and he wants to leave again? Yeah, I almost argue that it's tougher than what he's going through. Yeah, he had the concussion too, but as far as coming back, let's say a lot of guys come back from injury, you know, but their mind, they, mm-hmm. they're they committed. They want to be there. This I almost say it's worse on this end. He's got to show it. He's got to, he's got to prove it. Too because many question marks, right? It's not even, yeah. see, what he did, it wasn't necessarily if he comes back here, people are going to look at him funny. Anywhere. Anywhere he goes, any NFL locker room that he stepped foot in, people were going to be looking at him crazy. They're going to have questions for him. They're not going to know what they – they're not going to trust him, first of all. So he's going to really have to prove himself more than he's ever proved himself to anybody before. Agreed. Once he steps foot in that locker room. So it's a, it's a bunch of intangibles. And the motor, don't too, know. when you're talking about guys who have question marks as far as their motivation on the football field. I mean, how many guys have we seen in the NFL – who have the prototype bodies? You're a six-three, two-twenty-five outside linebacker, defensive end, and you just you don't have that passion to get to the quarterback as quickly as you can every time. Doesn't matter how you look; it's it's about the the you, motor. You have to That's love what you. I worry about with Craven. You, you gotta love what what you gotta love what you do. And yeah. given his situation, no one knows except for him exactly where he is mentally. And how much commitment he's, he can say whatever he wants. He can go to Denver and sit in front of John Elway of course and give whatever sort of lip service yeah. that he right. wants. Now. But once he steps on the field, his teammates do not care what he has to say 
Mm-hmm. What comes out of his mouth? They want to be able to trust I him. I want to see what you're doing on the field. The lines. That's how you show me what you do on that field and the commitment and passion you show on that football football field every Sunday. Whatever you say to me, it's like the the teacher from Charlie Brown. It don't sound. <laughs> I don't want to hear his, his white noise. It doesn't make any sense. I don't want to hear it from you. He's got to prove it that way. But it, I mean, I, I think the Redskins did pretty good. They could they salvaged the best they could do. Best they could. Speaking of personalities, too many on the Rams defense. I mean, that is that's like be the super team of the Lakers when they got Peyton and Malone. You know, they're that, trying to get. Don't all remind the me of that. That is terrible. <laughs> I, I hate that team. But yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, Peters. It, it could go. It could go either way because on paper, best. That is, uh, they're they're not messing around. No. No, they're not playing. They're not playing with the Eagles. And this is what they're saying. This is our division. No one else in that division is built to hang with them. Everybody else is rebuilding. Arizona doesn't have a quarterback. Seattle's unloaded. Uh, Seattle is, is dismantled. I like the San Legion Francisco. of Boom. Yeah, I think San Francisco can San Fran- be But San Francisco was not th- this year. I do believe that. You got a Chris, Richard you bunch Sherman. of heads. <laughs> no, no. They Jimmy Garoppolo won five games. I was going to say. I'm saying season. that mostly because of yeah, Garoppolo. Yeah, I think that. But I you, think... It, we got to put something else with that. Richard Sherman. They had a horrendous, pretty terrible cornerbacks last year, and they sure yeah, did. Richard Sherman's coming off done. couple couple of injuries. Uh, yes, all and, right. In that position, and I said, got I said a couple, and and the heel in that in that position. I mean, look what happened to D. Hall. But not a, saying it's D. Hall, but he's a leader of guys when they have twenty three and twenty four year olds on the outside. Seattle and fans Sherman's love Richard Sherman, right? I'm asking you this though, Chris. So you think that what 49ers have done over this offseason is comparable to what the Rams have done? No. I think that they are so the— So what, what are we saying? I think they It's the Rams' come, division, right? I think the 49ers are the second-place team and that they can okay, beat them at least once in this division. Um, and I think that they're beat better them than once? Seattle and Arizona. I think they, I think they sweep them. Uh, Garoppolo if, is— if this, uh, if this defense can— not get a stay off of out of trouble off the field. Let's say if if this defense can stay out of jail, uh, if if you know no DUIs, if Sue doesn't step on anybody's head, if Talib doesn't snatch somebody's chain off in the middle of a game, then they'll be fine. It may be a tough ask for that defense. It, it may, but you know what? I think Wade Phillips is probably the perfect guy to deal with it. That's true. That's what uh, McVeigh said that like my defensive coordinator has more swag and personality yeah. than any of the guys on this defense. So he's I'm perfect fine. for that. And then McVeigh in another year to cultivate that offense. I mean, to me, Gurley should have been the you know the MVP. I'm not sure they're going to have to draft a, a wide receiver. Woods played well. They let Watkins walk. Now they're in the Cooper mix. Cup. Uh, I like Cooper Cup. I nice do. Little player. I don't know if he's a number one right now, but he's definitely talented. He could be, but not right at this moment. They're also in the mix for Beckham. Yeah, it's the Giants offer two first-round picks. And they, even that, though they were uh, chopping him. Is it Beckham just like it, NFL silly season uh, yes, talks? Yes, I, I do believe right. it's part of Jamal, it. Jamal, you seem to think it's more more credible. If if he is true to form and, and if he sticks to his guns and does not step on the field without an extension. It's a lot easier to talk in March than it is. It is. But I, for some reason, I believe that he'll do it. He's crazy enough to do. I, I, yeah, I mean, I believed it when Lev Bell said it. I think he See might he be wants crazy enough to do it. Seventeen million dollars. Twenty. When it's twenty. Bell wants seventeen. Bell. Well, which one called it wants twenty? Who? Beckham. Oh, Beckham wants twenty. <laughs> I don't know where you're gonna get it from. Yeah. 
but he wants 20. I mean, he's a great player. He deserves a, a I mean, contract, it's, but it's, not to be the highest-paid player. There's no wide receiver that's that important enough to be the highest-paid player in the NFL. Too much off the field. Plus, you don't know what's going to happen with his... Uh, well, does he have an know, argument, though? On the field. A little white, we, we white powder video that's going around. Yeah. About. Who knows what that is? I don't know. They could have been baking a cake. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it could have been anything. I'm I don't gonna know what bet, doing. I'm going to bet that, yeah. <laughs> but see, I mean, but does he have a point, though, on the field? I don't think so. I think he has uh, highlights that he can point to, but again... At his age, given his talent level, now given, yes, he does have injury history. We know that. But given his age, going into his prime, at that talent level... Can we account for things? He got a bit of an argument. For me, off the field, you know, things off the field that when he's uh, for me, for me, sideline. For me, I wouldn't. I don't know if you'd be able to. Can you count on him? I I think it's too much. I'm just talking about just strictly, strictly on the field. If he's if he's committed, if he's if he's committed to health, absolutely. But the health and off the field stuff for me would be too much. I I don't know if uh, it's a lot. It's someone crazy enough to do it. And they they probably said the same thing about T.O. when he left the 49ers. Yeah, did he get traded? Did, did the did the Cowboys trade for him, or they just sign him? Or did they sign him? I don't remember. I don't either. I don't remember that either. But oh well. So our boss Mike McMurdy walked in about five <laughs> minutes ago, and only now is stepping up to the mic because he's, he's been, been formulating his thoughts. Yes, exactly. I I was just over at the water cooler getting a cup of water. <laughs> I don't know why the hell I got waved in here. Although I find it vastly interesting because I'm getting educated because my knowledge doesn't go so deep beyond the Redskins or the Seahawks, and uh, uh, it's interesting to hear you guys go well, off. You've watched Beckham though. It helps prepare me for the August draft. <laughs> <laughs> George liked to randomly flag down people in the newsroom and invite them in. (laughs) It's it's a a party show. Come on in. Well, with your experience in this town, would you see a scenario where the Redskins would say, wow, Beckham's being floated now only for one first-round pick. We could maybe use a wide receiver. Is this something this team could maybe do? Are we crazy enough? I sort of agree with you. He's, he, he has some great highlights. I don't know that uh, he's a, a guy who can dominate a game. I think a, a good uh, defense can shut him down and take him out of the game. Um, but, you know, again, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. No. Well, you know, he's, he's the Redskins front office. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think you, you're going back to Vinny Serrato days. And if the Giants were to do that, they, it would take a king's ransom to get him here. They would stick it to us. Mara is a very because uh, of the division thing they would yeah and the Robert oh, yeah. thing you would that's got to be there's the no way I would trade Odell Beckham in the division no. for less than two first round picks and then some it's got to be then some yeah because even then two first round picks but keep in mind it's the last year of his deal too so he's gonna have to sign an extension yeah but I I think I mean for him it's probably better to get out now. Oh, because well. you, you, we said what? You got he, two more years of Eli, maybe? Maybe. You know maybe frust- a season of You know Eli? how frustrated Beckham's going to get next year? If you put a rookie in that situation with him, right? you see, you you see kicking, the dynamic. You thought with, he kicked one kicking net over on right. the side? You've seen the dynamic with Dak and Dez. He's still missing Romo because Dak did not force feed him the ball mm-hmm. and he had a temper tantrum and his numbers are down. Mm-hmm. You see that didn't work out. So those two are both quote-unquote diva wide receivers. If you put a rookie in there who doesn't necessarily uh, kiss Beckham's ass or try to force-feed him the ball, you could have a similar situation. Or if you have a rookie that just doesn't catch on that fast. And he's got, he's got 
you know, growing pains and a learning curve, is Beckham going to be patient with him? I don't see that happening. You got If you have a rookie quarterback, you have to have young guys that grow with him. Mm-hmm. Another rookie, or you have Sterling Shepard, uh, uh, Ingram, who they got last year. Those young guys will grow with him. More established guys are not waiting on that because he's trying to get paid. Mm-hmm. And if you're not giving me the ball, son, you're messing up my payday. And they got rookie head coach, too. Right. Poor them. Yeah. <laughs> well, while we have uh, the boss here as a uh, diehard and uh, Nationals uh, expert here, what was your prediction on uh, the season? How many wins are they going to get? And uh, they're going to win the World Series against New York Yankees, which I predicted personally. Well, I, I go easy on the expert part. Uh, <laughs> it, I, I do watch an inordinate amount of games. Uh, and from my first, I mean, it's like the NCAA brackets when, you know, Maryland's always winning the national championship. <laughs> when I feel that. And I was right one year. Uh, and I'm hoping I'm right this year. I, I think they'll, they'll uh, flirt with 100 wins. Um, but I think with them, as with most any team, it boils down to can they stay healthy throughout the mm-hmm. yeah. season. Uh, if they can stay healthy, they've God, they've got a killer lineup. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, it, pitching will be the key. The bullpen, I still think, is with all the acquisitions, is still a little bit of a question mark, especially in the middle uh, part there. Long relief. I'm not sure I've seen anything in spring training that uh, inspires too much confidence, but uh, I, I'm predicting they're going to win the World Series. <laughs> yeah, what do you think? Yeah. Well, from the, the top Yankees. down, the uh, team mentality is that, right? World Series or bust this year. I mean, oh, it's yeah. it's got to be very yeah. explicit this year. Other teams and other times haven't, uh, you know, managers said, well, that would be nice, but that's not what we're shooting for. We just play the game that's in front of us. No, this, not, not this so team much has here. been constructed. This team and the Caps are the only two teams in town that have been constructed over the last, you know, five-plus years. That's the goal, to win a Stanley Cup while you have Ovechkin, to win a World Series while you have Strasburg and Harper and Scherzer. That's what they're built for. They're not like the Redskins and the Wizards. You know, you make the playoff, they're just happy to be there. Yeah, these the, teams, the realistic goals yeah, with the these, Caps and the Nets. Yeah, these teams are built to go far into the playoffs like a 10 for a championship each year and that's how the general managers handle it that's how the players handle it when they bring people in that's the expectation it's not just to get there because we've been there see the teams have been there and keep hitting that glass ceiling in the first round second round they can't get over the hump they reload to win a championship, not just to get to the same place. And see, this team, though, this window is not – I think a lot of people are – it's a misperception that this – you know, who's, we don't know what's going to happen with Harper. That's fine. But right. if Harper goes, this team is not – No, you're not, it's is, not going to be blown open. up. You're no. going to re-sign Rendon, which I think is very important. You know, Adam Eaton's here. Mike Taylor's here. Trey Turner's – you're under control. Zim's what he is. Uh, you know, Scherzer, Strasburg. Robles is waiting to come up. Robles. Robles is ready to come up. Um, uh, uh, Daniel Matt, Murphy's going to be a free agent. That's different. I liked the Adams signing. I think yeah. he's uh So I don't think this team necessarily goes to the bottom if, you know, no. they, you know, but no, no. but to your point, it's yeah, this is you know, they've won the division four or six years. At some point, like David Martinez was brought here to win a World Series, no questions. In I mean, his that's first it. year, which, his is, first which year. is tough to ask. Yeah. Scherzer's more the concern for me. I mean, he consistently logs 200-plus innings, right? I, I mean, mean, he's only getting how older. He, how he how handles, handles it. it. How, how Martinez handles Scherzer this year. Because I, I know, you know, you know Max gets upset when he, nobody wants to get pulled. But you've got to look long-term. Yeah, Dusty will leave him out there for a long time. But that's Dusty, though. Dusty d- d- does that to his pitchers. Yeah. Well, if, if Martinez you know, says, look, it's the seventh, we're up, have a seat, 
Fine. And unless you've got a perfect game brewing. Which is a chance Scherzer always does. Yeah, it, it is <laughs> no true. Going. You know, you got a no hitter going, that's it. That's fine. You can leave him out. But Dusty did leave them out there a little bit longer than, than desire. And that catches up. I got a question for the number one fan in the room, though, as far as Harper's concerned. You don't want to see one player take up quarter, you know, your payroll, right? So as a fan, if what what is the extent you want to see the Nats go to to keep Harper, I guess? Yeah, that's that's a tough one because I think Harper guarantees Fanny's in the seats, but at what yeah. cost for the rest of the team? And, and it, it's I've, I'm preparing myself for the possibility of him leaving. And I, I'm like Jamal was saying, there's there's a good pipeline of talent and and young talent that they'll mm-hmm. have for a while. So this isn't the be all end all this this one year. And I think Scherzer's through 2022. I'm not absolutely certain of that, but we we're, we got a good team for well, a good long time. Extension, you know, he's yeah. here too. Yeah, I don't think you mortgage the future to to keep him around. And uh, he's so volatile and so explosive, and he can do so many great things. And that can work against him too, as we've mm-hmm. seen with we've him seen running it. into yeah. walls and getting injured and yeah. playing through it and being stoic about it. But uh, being choked by his closer, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> another story. Yeah, you know what? The, the, these Nats are sort of reminding me of the the, the Braves, who had that incredible run in the 90s, yeah. of, of excellence and winning the division, but mm-hmm. never getting that one you know, World Series. Yep. One World Series yep. in all that time. I'm hoping we can at least get that one chink on the chain. And the argument you can make for Harper is, yeah, you want him, yes, in the same. But keep in mind too, and I get it. It's a. T, I'm not saying that it, it's. It takes everything and and health and matchups in the postseason. But mm-hmm. you haven't won a series with him yet either. That's true. You I know? mean, people I, say the same thing about Ovechkin and the Caps. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you know, it's hard to fault him though. I mean, I, he, I, he, I didn't yeah. want to put it that way. I didn't want to yeah, say it like right. that. But I'm just saying, you know, you, you need don't you don't necessarily say, oh, you need Bryce Harper to win a World Series. Yeah, I mean, as the face true. of the franchise, you're going to ask that question. He's going to be the one that you look to mm-hmm. because he is the face of the franchise. It's like with Ovi, he's the face of the franchise. So when they don't yeah. uh, win a Stanley Cup and they don't get past the second round year in and year out. That's the one people look at because mm-hmm. he is the focal point. It shouldn't be that way because it's not all on him, right? And it's not all on on Bryce, like you said. But that's that's how people are going to look at it, and that's what people are going to look at it because that's the face of the franchise. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Either. The face. Don't get me wrong. If there's one, yeah. if there's one, he could. If, if you need one batter in the in the bottom nine thing, you want. I mean. Yeah, sure. Bryce Harper's guy. He, he was the play. one who was up in Game Five. <laughs> I mean, I look at the managers and and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But you go back and you think of all the ones they lost, and uh, you know, I can point to individual things that the managers. Oh, it came down to every series. You're right. Every so series a decision that was made late yeah. in games, and mm-hmm. you know, it's easy like, again looking back, but. I think the times of uh, managing with your gut, which is what Dusty did more times than re- you know, relying on stats that are all out there, you know, it was really bit us. You know, Matt Williams taking out taking Zimmerman. Taking out Jordan Zimmerman, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That one really And then hurt. putting Aaron Barrett in the game in San Francisco. Edwin well, Jackson yeah. is a reliever in Game 5 against the Cardinals. Got, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Who got ja- sent down? Edwin Jackson. Well, on Saturday when they were making the roster moves, he was sent to the oh, MILB. Yeah, 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 yeah. uh, it's fine, buddy. Yeah, he's the one that I'm like, every time I saw him pitch, I'm like, this is the best we can do right now. I Edwin, think Edwin Jackson's going to help He was relevant when I was in middle he school. He helped at the yeah. end of last year. I think he's got one more year in him. Watch. I think Jordan Zimmerman has one more year and if the Tigers come out of contention, 
Where did Jordan Zimmerman succeed? The only place he succeeded here. He's making a ton of money though. Yeah. Uh, well, what He's if Tigers eat a decent amount of uh, his they, contract well, and they, yeah. they elect yeah, it to depends do that. on if you work out the logistics. I don't I mean, love AJ They Cole. eat the contract and fine, bring him back. But yeah, I'm not sure how likely that is. Isn't Davey Martinez much more of an analytics slash button pushing manager that may not do what Dusty Baker did or one yeah, of well, the? Yeah, Dusty's old school. And I think you're the right. The analytics go out the out the door with him. Dusty? Dusty. He's, he he's old hear school. He doesn't, nah, he doesn't yeah. want to hear the analytics and the numbers. And, That's why you know. Jason Worth played every game of the... Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah, I knew he wasn't coming back. There was just no room no, right out I, for I him. I love Jason Worth. I, I, I yeah. You see he signed with Seattle yesterday. But, yeah. I mean, the stats Minor just didn't justify deal. it. Not, yet, not last year. He was going through abysmal streaks where he just could not. He was late he on could, pitches. He, he couldn't hit. What a great guy to bring off the bench to pinch hit, you know, against left-handed pitching, which he crushed. Yeah, I, I was sad to see Adam Lynn go more he, he, than yeah. anybody. Uh, I, I agree with that also. I, but you I know, he like was him. cut by the Yanks too. I though. know because because of Greg Bird, and they yeah. thought that he was going to be you know an everyday first baseman. Now he's out six to eight. The Yankees probably reconsidering that a little bit, but I think they can move Neil Walker over. But if they didn't get Matt Adams, Lynn could have came back. Uh, I would have loved to see him back like every time Adams, he though. got. I like Adams. Yeah, me too. But but I, I mean, like I said, we said last week, I like the bench. I like. Uh, Defoe, I like Hendricks, yeah, and um, Kendricks was a big resign. I think Goodwin. Howie Kendricks, Goodwin. Thank you, Mike. I, <laughs> I was blanking on him, but yeah, and I like Daniel I Murphy them. out. Kendricks is going to see probably most of the starts, I think. But then you also see Defoe. Kendrick's yeah. going to start opening day, I bet, and then. Well, yeah, because he he's got the most the more consistent. Bat. That was a great move last year at the deadline. Yeah. I think they really, you know. I mean, he came in, you know, and really provided some mm-hmm. punch in that lineup. So, and and the lineup is. You can do whatever you want with that lineup. That lineup is, is stacked from this top te- to bottom. This team, depending on how, like we're talking, like we're talking about, this team could could sleepwalk to ninety wins. Yeah, mm-hmm. it should. It's, it's very possible. What do you the, make? What do you make of the Boswell article? I mean, you know the the way they go about it, and and that teams like the Astros and Royals. I, I think he was saying, you know, they just have that level of of uh, professionalism that the Nets just seem loose and let made mistakes when they shouldn't make mistakes and that do you think there's anything to that I mean, uh, spring training is one thing yeah the, the real se- the regular season is a different story it's going to be it, it's going to be interesting to see if this team struggles at any point or the first um you know tumultuous pe- period they have how they handle it how davy handles it number one mm. and who in the clubhouse because jason worth was the guy in the clubhouse to squash everything you don't have that anymore so how that kind of yes, this team is a veteran team and it's yeah. it's kind of patrols itself. But you would think to, it would be to, to, to Boswell's point though too, it's like you know this team has been there. There's no excuse for this team not to have won series already. So it, something is missing, and you're not gonna blame the manager for each time, but no, something I, is missing. Whether it's clubhouse or whether he said they're not holding themselves high or professionalism, but you have guys in that clubhouse that have been there that have won. So you, mm-hmm. so so what is that that's missing? They need like a sister Jean. That's what. Well, that that takes us to the that's final a very four. Good segue. Yeah. Final final minutes of this podcast in the final four. Yeah. I, Villanova wins the national championship. Yeah. I got Villanova. Really? Villanova. I think whoever wins that game, Villanova and Kansas, that's your winner. Now, if Loyola Chicago gets to the title game, I got. I'm, I'm a rent over. So you know, uh, I'm a root for them just because you know they're the Cinderella. But times out. Villanova showed me something in that West Virginia game. There's a gear that championship teams have. West Virginia played them tougher than anybody could ever play them, and West Virginia stuck right with them. They took the lead. 
But in the second half, a different t- Wildcat team came out. They just put it in a different gear in the second half. And it's a championship gear that I don't think any of these other teams in the Final Four have. That they can just put it in gear at any moment, and okay, it's winning time. Yeah, even when we, Texas we, we got to separate ourselves from these sure, people. Or Texas Tech, kind I of. I mean, West Virginia five. Hats off to them. I mean, they they were hard nosed. I mean, that that's a typical Bob Huggins team, mm-hmm. and they were right there, you know, blow to blow with them, but. The Wildcats took their best punches and just outlasted them. And then they just turned on the Jets at the end of the game. And I'm not sure if any of those other teams, I don't think Michigan has it. You know, they've got, uh, Loyola's got Sister Jane, Mm -hmm. Jean Jan. Mm -hmm. The Ramblers. Kansas has, you know, self has been there, done that. And they have a pretty, you know, they usually keep veteran uh, guards. But Villanova just showed that gear that I didn't see from these other teams. So I, Villanova's definitely – that's my pick. Me too. I've got Michael? Kansas. Oh, Villanova, yeah. Villanova? But I, what really impressed me, and it, it just – Loyola just seems like such a wild card because they won those first three games by a total of four points. And right. then they come and actually blow out yeah. a team. So mm-hmm. – that was not what I expected. Mm-hmm. I expected another. And so they're just—it's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult. And then you know, as well as Michigan has played, us being you know Maryland fans, we've seen Big Ten teams can be had at certain part when they don't really know what's coming. Like you said, you know, Loyola's. It's you don't know what you're going to get from them, you know, on a nightly basis, and. You know, Michigan could come out even though it is the Final Four. Michigan is what a three seed. You're still looking at an 11 seed in the Final Four. There could be that underlying factor in the back of their minds. I don't care if this is the Final Four. I don't care if they got here. We're better than them. Loyola can hang in. They can pass really well. When you watch their game this weekend, watch their passing. It just amazes me. The crispness. The, the layups. How many yeah. layups? They, they, can... get to the, they get the best possible shot every time. They're not running down the court. Like, I'm a Seton Hall fan. It would drive me crazy. They would shoot these threes five seconds into the shot clock. Loyola gets the best shot with their passes. They should be able to hang in there. I mean, if Michigan, if Michigan could very well, it's the Final Four, you would think that None of these teams will look over anybody because it's the, it is the Final Four, no matter what your seed is. But there is also that in the back of their minds, they're a Big Ten school. They've never heard of these dudes before. They could, they could still be overlooking them, it, despite the fact it is the Final Four. That could be the downfall. It, that could be a, a sneaky upset right there. I don't. I think. I think that if there were maybe not saying any other coach, but a few other coaches, but John Beeline, I think is one of the best coaches in the NCAA. I don't think he he's going to let that happen. I think that guy is a very good. They, coach. they shouldn't let it happen, but it's. Do you oh, guys yeah, like that where the the Cinderella stays alive yes. this oh, yeah. long? That's, that's, amazing. Amazing. Most of the that's why we watch. Awesome. This is why I, you this know what? I, great. I but do most... until they get blown the hell out. Well, uh, that's what that's I'm saying. What I, I mean, like. people like uh, they like their Cinderellas early and then chalk late, and yeah. a lot of these teams are exposed. That's what could be different this time. And you're right. And they, they haven't been exposed. It could be a 20 point game. Saturday. It could be. Yeah. It, it could be. They could but come back down to earth. We probably thought that. Sister Jeans in San Antonio. They're not getting blown out. Does it change anyone's mind if Loyola blows out Michigan and then they go to? the final does, does that oh my no God. no <laughs> no <laughs> it I, 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 still, I still think like you said whoever's waiting for them whether it be Villanova whether it be Kansas 
it's yeah. It, it, that, that's just too much. I Am mean, I the only one picking Kansas for monetary reasons? No, I mean really to, to me that, that is a that, it's a coin toss. Yeah. I mean, I just for my I, monetary reasons, I have Loyola Chicago in a random drawing. Believe it or not, wow. <laughs> I do, <laughs> I do. But I mean, I've got Villanova just for the point I made earlier. Just that different gear that they showed in in a, in a tight game against a you know probably one of the better Kansas or is really best. deep too. Kansas yeah, they is are. Deep. The kid Newman is. I don't I know if this, about this. If this is, what is yeah, yeah. See, who's on your list? Xavier Vatek, Murray State, Montana. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> that's a good variety pack there. But right, I don't so we know. all got Villanova. And Dimitri's got Kansas. Right. Yes, Quick sir. question: The kid from Kansas. Newman. I, may, I don't know if it's just me that when I watch things, I always think that somebody's son. Is that Johnny Newman's son? Oh, I don't know that. He used to play for the Hornets? Yeah, I don't know. I know who you're talking about. I don't mm. know if it's his son. And that's another thing. Brunson, who is much better than his dad. Most people probably don't even remember his dad. Uh, Rick Brunson that played for the Knicks for he had a pretty nice career. He kind of floated around. But I think Jalen is, is much better in terms of his shot. But his father did play with Aaron McKee and Eddie Jones, and you don't really have to do much when you play True. for them. Just get down an open jumper and distribute the ball and don't mess up. Play some defense. Well, his father was a good defensive player, but I got Villanova. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you to special guest Good Mike job, McMurdy. Guys. Hey, that was uh, fun. Impromptu guests. Thanks. Yeah. I was just getting a cup of water. Yeah. Uh, impromptu <laughs> guests. We had Dave Johnson. Dave on Johnson was to start what the a podcast, day, fellas. Yeah. yeah, this is something. <laughs> the DMV. Thank you, all. Thank you, guys. Thanks for coming on the DMV Sports Roundtable. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, the Podcast One app, PodcastOne.com, and WTOP's mobile app. Just tap listen. Enjoy this weekend's games.